she's the audio to my video. And he's the video to my audio. Together, we're piecing together the big picture as Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. So, let's talk about it. Yes, let's. What's going on, everybody? What's Hi, going everybody. everybody? <laughs> <laughs> this is another episode of Mr. and Mrs. Yes. And you all know what we're here to talk about? Love. Love. That's mm. right, baby. <laughs> you know why? Why? Because I love you. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jameer's like, get a room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, just, you know, can't be here to talk about love and then see love and be upset. <laughs> I know. Well, today um, is a special podcast. Um, we're going to give you all an opportunity to get to know Marvin and I a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the podcast today is Love Never Let Me Go. And I'll give you a little background um, into that. We're going to be talking about um, surviving a major illness as a couple, mm-hmm. um, which is something Marvin and I know a little, well, way yeah. too much about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our poll question, and I want you guys to really, really think about this poll question. Um, think about, you know, yourself, your tolerance for certain things. Um, love as you know it mm-hmm. you know um, some people don't believe in love and some people do so I mean honestly think about your mentality and how you are and if you found somebody that you thought was perfect for you mm-hmm. the poll question is um, do you think honestly you could meet someone chronically ill or with a non-curable disease fall in love, marry them, and take good care of them? That's the poll question. I know it's not a typical poll question, but um, I wanted to really give you guys a poll question that was really thought-provoking, that would make you think um, a little more about yourselves and about love as you know it. Mm -hmm. Could you really handle something like that? So, that is a that's the poll question. Yes. So, last week we had fun, right? Oh yeah, we yeah with uh, <laughs> Iguahi, yeah she uh, yeah. yeah we had a lot of fun. We had um, our first uh, call out call guest. guest, yes, yeah, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, I, um, it's, I mean, she gave some insights on um, you know definitely about uh, uh you know if. Um, you know who had the hard time about you know mm-hmm. get, you know coming off a relationship you know was it the man or the you know or the women and stuff and right because um, our topic was uh when mm, rebounding yeah. who fares better men or women i still feel that uh <laughs> you know <laughs> mister is not letting that go <laughs> no I, i'm not letting that go but i still feel that why uh, he get him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's still not he's still not letting that go. He's still trying to come up with a reason why it's harder for men even though women outnumber men in only only state states that um only nine states, right? It's nine states that men outnumber women. Right. 
so in the rest of the states, right. <laughs> especially the one that we're from and that she's from being Massachusetts, um, women really outnumber men. You know what would have been interesting, too, to see um, how many, the population, I should say, in those states. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking for like a four to one or five to one um, and quite didn't get that. Although I could have probably sat down and did the math. I just, <laughs> it's a little too much math for me. That's not, that wasn't my major. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was a really good, a really good topic. Um, our poll question uh, from last week uh, was, is it easier for a man to find a new girlfriend or a woman um, or a woman to find a new boyfriend after a breakup? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, what were they? Um, <laughs> why that look? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's probably just saying, oh, she's probably looking at me about, you know, like, uh, Oh, what 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 was the, yeah, was the score? Yeah, like, what what, <laughs> what what you got to say? <laughs> I still think that I still think that uh you know men still have men still have a good time. I mean, men good time. Men still have a hard time. <laughs> men have a good time. <laughs> men still have a hard time. Go just ahead, keep the same. It, keep it up. I'm no. I'm no. I'm saying men still have a hard time just as women. I think it depends on on the person, you know. Because if you a buster, of course you're gonna have a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Okay, come on. I'm gonna now. be good today. So, come on. Uh, yes. On Facebook, eighty percent said men and twenty percent said women. So eighty percent said men had an easier time moving on. Why are you breathing so hard, baby? Are you surprised, Marvin, at these results? Yeah, so I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see the numbers uh, stick out to be? Very, very, very prejudiced. Because <laughs> <laughs> most women are going to say men, and then most guys are going to say... And right, and since they outnumber... Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that oh, see, see, man, why are you taking this? See, well, I'm I, just trying to see your side. Like, I love I'm, you, Jameer. I'm just so fair. I try to be, you know, fair. Is all I'm saying. I can see that side. That's a good argument, you know. And that's literally what four to one. <laughs> anyway, let's get let's get going back onto the topic here. Yes. But first, announcement. <laughs> It is indeed the month of love. If you and your significant other okay. would like to be a guest couple to discuss an issue, then send us your pitch to Mr. and Mrs. Podcast at gmail.com or leave a message on our social media pages or website. Attention, poets. Do you have some love poetry you want to share? Hit us up the same way and you can be featured in our love poetry corner. You can also go to our website at mrandmrspodcast.com and sign up for our blog to continue the conversation online. We want to hear from you truly. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, our website, or wherever you get your podcast. Just put in Mr. and Mrs. Podcast and it'll bring you right to us. So listen in and tell us what you think. All right, so our topic today is uh, love, 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 never let me go. All right, uh, it's 
we're basically uh, you know surviving major illnesses as a couple. In my give you a a little background on it. Okay, let me go with the background. Um, I met Jeanette. uh, I met Jeanette uh, was eleven, twelve years ago. Eleven, twelve years ago, um, she had uh, systemic lupus. Let's go with that. Um, She has systemic lupus, and uh, when I first met her, um, it, it to me. In my eyes, it wasn't as I felt it wasn't as serious as I thought it was. I kept trying to tell him, y'all. You know, he wasn't listening um, to me. I knew she was. I knew there were times she would get sick. She, you know, didn't really. You know, she didn't. You know, she got sick. But I mean, like, but it wasn't as sick as like. I mean, like, it was. You know, she'll shut down for the day, but then she'll rebound from it. I was good at stuff. putting on a show. You know. Still am. <laughs> But I got better to see when when, mm-hmm. when you're because now really, you live with me, so yeah, it's nowhere for me you know, to hide so, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a time. It was just uh, I'm, I'm not taking off the glasses. I know. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, how can I say it was? It it she you know at times she, she was able to rebound, but um, it got to the point where. Um, by closer to about the time when we were getting ready to get married, mm-hmm. um, it got worse. And not only that, with the lupus, it uh, it took away her kidneys. Um, took away her kidneys maybe about, I want to say it was about between four to six months before we got married. Well, I got diagnosed in 2006. Well, the, the lupus. And it, yeah. with, well, lupus. With, lup- with lupus yeah. and um, chronic kidney disease. Yeah. Um, they use uh, midodosal steroids to bring back 30% of my kidney function. Mm-hmm. But we always knew that I was going to lose that yeah. um, eventually. Yeah. Um, but I lasted from 2006 really till about when we got married. Yeah, about close to we got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Which was like 2012. Yeah. And um, so for six years, I made it with 30% of my kidney function. Yeah. And then um, around 2012, I had to um, go in for surgery to get a catheter and a fistula placed and go into dialysis. Yeah. And that's when things really took a turn for the worst. Now, Um, when I met Marvin, you know, Marvin is Mr. Nice Guy. (laughs) And I spent a significant amount of time trying to keep Marvin in the friend zone. Um... Because I knew what I had coming. And, you know, he's a little bit younger than me. And I figured he could have a really uh, good life. There we go with that. <laughs> he hates when I mention that. But um, I figured he could have a really good life. And he didn't need to take on what I felt was my baggage. Hmm. Right? Me being sick and a single mom. I'm like, he could do so much better for his life. He didn't need this. And uh, Marvin just was very hard-headed and wouldn't go anywhere. Nope. <laughs> yep. I'm very thankful now um, because apparently he saw something that I I, I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I cared enough about him to want him to go on and find somebody else, and he cared enough about me to say no. You know, we have been through quite a bit. Um. If anybody looks at my wedding pictures hard enough, they can see um, 
the bandage where I had the Catholic catheter. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I got married and we got married in the summer, but I had to find a jacket to wear because my entire left arm was as purple as the broom we jumped over. <laughs> I literally have a picture holding my wedding broom um, the night before we got married, and I'm. Um, I took the picture myself, so I'm, you know, shooting down at my arm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I noticed in looking at the picture that my arm is the same color as the, 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 the royal purple mm-hmm. that the broom is wrapped in. That's, That's how bad it was then. Um, and then right after we got married, I got really sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yep, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, like right after you got married, you got really sick, and then um, say right after you got married. No, right after. We, I'm sorry, right after we got married. Yes, you got really sick. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, and the big thing was that uh, um, uh, it was it was the fact that, and I am uh, and I know that you know we had discussions about this and everything, but. Um, I was I quit. Yeah, yeah, you were you were at the you were at the point there. You were getting ready to time out. No, you, that wasn't no time no, out. No, no, that no. was that was you know that clock, was, you were ready to clock, clock out. out. <laughs> yeah, you that time out. Okay, you're, you're ready to clock out. <laughs> and um, and I remember how I felt mm-hmm. when you were getting to that point. Um, I know that. You know, like I didn't. I was, you know, I'm the type of guy that I, I just don't like to give up. And I, I remember at that point, I was like, I did not want you to feel like you need to give up. But I was coming from a place where I was kind of naive of how you were feeling. I was just on the point of, yo, we gotta fight this. We're doing this together. Fight, 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 fight. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that emotionally. I was tired. You were tired. Mm-hmm. So getting to that point, I you know I was uh, getting to that getting to that. I I just didn't have an understanding of where were you mentally. And just a little was, background which, on that for for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a situation where um, I was going to a dialysis facility that was not meeting my needs. Um, I was getting violently sick halfway through the treatment, and I would get this really bad headache and I would start violently throwing up. By the time I felt better. It was the next day in the evening, and the next morning I would have to go back to dialysis because mm-hmm. I went every other day for three hours and 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, a session. So at this point, you figure, I am not living life. Mm-hmm. I'm either at dialysis or in my bed with a young child. So at that point, I'm feeling like I'm no good to Marvin, I'm no good to my child, and I am not living life because to me, Life is not just breathing. Life is living. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more of a quality versus quantity type person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's where I was at that particular point in time. Consistently sick and um, not getting the help that I needed, which is why I'm working on that, that book about self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. Because it's so important. If you don't have a doctor who's meeting your needs, get a new one you know um it's no harm in asking for a second opinion yeah so at that point i had decided to quit 
Yes. You can pick back up. I okay. just need to give them background. It's okay. like, that's not my normal, like, oh, I cut my finger, no. I quit. Like, you no, know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, so at the point she was getting ready to quit. And um, yeah, I remember I was having, like, big, like, discussions about you not, you know, me not wanting you to quit. And you, you know, wanting to be like, you know, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And I remember it took that one visit to sister's hospital right right and them you know because you you were you hated the treatments at that one treatment place mm-hmm. and then you went to Who sister's shall remain, yeah, uh, remain nameless. nameless but then you went to sister's hospital and then sisters did something differently which really changed your mind mm-hmm. and well what it really yeah. what it was is that i went there and i didn't get sick during yeah. dialysis yeah and it's like wait a minute you're telling me i can have dialysis and not get violently sick Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now I need to know how you did that. And the other facility still, uh, the lady that ran it, she told me, I know you're not telling me sister does dialysis better than we do. I'm like, lady, this is not about you. This is my life we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, um, once I found out that I could have dialysis and not be violently sick like that, you know, my dad helped me find a new primary. My primary helped me find a new kidney doctor my new kidney doctor put me in a different dialysis facility and life started getting a little better mm. yeah so um <clears throat> after that uh you know so we we start you know so the dialysis treatment started getting better you know mm-hmm. with you and everything like that but then it got to the point where you know we were going on for years and years and years and years without you having mm-hmm having us you know you finding a kidney and uh you know the, we've, there's been trips of you going in and out and in and out and in and out of the hospital i mean we can make we can talk about stories about those all day um but the then there was you're what, on dialysis the more your body breaks down yeah and then i mean and then the one day de- the one time um that you were in the hospital and i mean your blood pressure spiked up mm-hmm. and and that's the one that was the one that scared us the most you know because um that one or the 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 one where you took me to dialysis when i when i had the um stroke like symptoms yeah that's the one and that's the one yeah yeah so yeah. and and i'm and i'm going to like tell you a little bit of the story cuz mm. i don't remember the story so i'm telling you the story secondhand because i was pretty much out of it the last thing i remember is marvin getting me up so okay i was on this medication baclovin and apparently it produces stroke-like symptoms in um dialysis patients um but it was not prescribed by my kidney doctor and my other doctor wasn't aware of that um, so anyways, um, I started having issues speaking, mm-hmm. um, somebody described it to yeah. me as me speaking like a child that just learned how to talk, yeah. repeating myself. And I kept saying, I'm okay over and over and over again, because I was just trying to reassure everybody that I was okay. You know? So I just kept saying, I'm okay. Um, all I remember is Marvin getting me up. He used to have to get me up give me a pain pill so that i could kind of function Mm -hmm. and he fed me gave me my medicine and took me 
to dialysis. Now, I could not walk. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about this man is literally carrying me and putting me in the car, getting me out of the car, putting me on my walker, because mm -hmm. I had a walker at the time, yeah. um, and pushing me into dialysis. Yeah. I mean... And I... I <laughs> It was a thing where I had gotten tired of going back and forth to the hospital. Yeah. So I didn't want to go into the hospital anymore. And uh, should I, should I, uh, can I explain? Ahead. Okay. And then, you know, it's so in a previous conversation that we've had, we made a promise that I made a promise to her that because she was tired of going to the hospital, that if she had ever went back to the hospital, you know, just to let things go naturally just let it go and i cannot keep that promise because i just could not i could not do yeah, that that's why somebody else is my health care proxy <laughs> <laughs> i just could not do that you know i'm just messing with them, you know but um Although but that's true yeah but yeah <laughs> I, I it was one of the things it was like i just could not do that i just couldn't let things go and it's just something to me it's just like i i i just I mean, want but if you I, had I, I wouldn't be here right now yeah so and I just and everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I just you know, and I just felt that as that person, I just I just wanted to save you. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah. So what ended up happening was um, you know, she she had these stroke like symptoms and I didn't know what was going on. And she was talking with simple you know, simple words. You know, like she, she wasn't saying anything complex. You know, I'll ask her something and she'd be like, she could say yes, no, and I'm okay. Those are only three words she could say initially. So she, I just remember sitting in that in the in the waiting room at dialysis. Yeah. And I don't know how I must have looked, but Marvin is sitting there crying and snotting and carrying on and yes, the Roman guy cry. yes, Roman crying. <laughs> <laughs> Roman definitely crying. <laughs> and I remember the guy, the Hispanic guy that was sitting next to you. And his leg just started, like, shaking, like, nervously. I'd never seen him like that before. Mm. And I just remember him. And then, um, like, you were holding on to me. Mm -hmm. And you were crying. And I, the, the little petite old lady that comes in. Yeah. And she was like, oh, look at them two lovers. They just make me sick. But she didn't realize like what was going were, yeah, on. Yeah, what was going on, yeah. You know, and I think she did after a minute because she stopped and she got real quiet. But because um, usually she'll run over and hug me and be like, hey, girl, you know. Mm, yeah. But she just got quiet and she just sat down. And that that's the last thing I remember. I don't remember going into dialysis. I don't remember going to the hospital. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. So you can tell it from there. Oh, OK. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, um, I remember just being just scared just to know you know i did not know what was going on and you know the dialysis people didn't know what was up with you so the they look at me and they're like well what do you want to do and i'm like you know like i Stuck i remember i remember i'm stuck with the rock between harvest because i wanted to keep your promise but then i wanted to save you mm -hmm. And eventually, I just couldn't keep that promise, and I just went and just told them, look, take her to the hospital. So we went to Sisters, and... No, um, they, they took me no, to... No, they took you to Buffalo, Buffalo General. General. Right. Sorry. They took you to Buffalo because General. Because they thought I was yeah. having a stroke. stroke. Because yeah. I couldn't move anything. Yes. I, and then by then, I guess I had stopped talking. 
Yeah, and I but, was just staring at people. Yeah, and uh, um, As and I then I think and yeah, and then and then what happened was uh, they thought it was maybe some type of medicine, and I think the doctor gave you some type of Narcan. And it made oh, you let me tell you. And First of you, all, and it made you. Th- <laughs> <laughs> My mother said it was like <laughs> the Exorcist or something. When I finally woke up three days later, um. I had a knot on my arm, a knot on the side of my yeah. head. I was like, what happened to me? <laughs> I thought I had fallen or something. And my mom was like, no, they had given me Narcan. Like I had OD'd or something. Yeah. And it sent my body into this this, this, this revolting reaction, reaction yeah. and I was flinging all over and the bed like a rag doll mm-hmm. it's like if you think I'm going to do something like that don't you put me in restraints or something what is wrong with people yeah. anyways let's not go there because yeah. we got we actually yeah. want to yeah. get to our topic yeah. <laughs> so yeah so uh, yeah so so you know they gave her the Narcan and she was just like flowing all over the place and stuff and everything so and I remember what and then not only having to take you know try to take you to the hospital and try to reassure everyone what's going on and everything i had to control my emotions and also for the fact that i had to pick up joy our, you know my daughter you know to oh you were the get, one that picked her up i'm the one that picked her up okay i left and picked her up from school and I had to let her know what was going on and that was the hardest thing to tell joy you know, and for us, it was like we don't know what what was going to happen. Yeah, I woke up in ICU like three days later, in kind of like a hallucinogenic state. I want to say because I kept having the same conversation with the same nurse, exactly the same way, like over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And after a while, my brain kicks in, and it's like you can't still be having the same conversation like this. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're not right. And yeah. I just felt weird. And it took me a while to come back to myself. But I did. And come to find out it was just that medication. I wasn't actually having a stroke. Sp- but yeah. I couldn't move my legs or my arms or or talk or anything. And, and they, that was like a really scary thing. Yeah, And they and I think that what the doctor was saying that the, um, the symptoms that you were having was called push, push syndrome. Which was something new. I never heard of it before. But it's it's a syndrome where like if the person has stroke like symptoms where um for instance, uh um it may be stroke like symptoms that you have, but you'll regain all your, your functions back, but it'll take like a few days mm-hmm. and everything. So like from day one, me and Joe will come and visit and you will still say the same three words, yes, no, um yeah, and okay. uh and I'm okay. You know, and then, and then, like by like day three, you know, you started saying more things, but it was just little simple stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, where you know, it, it, like you were saying, like people were saying, like you sounded like a child and stuff when mm-hmm. you were talking. It was something like that. But then by like day six, you were having full blown conversations and everything, like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. But it, but um, um. It uh it it hurt it I can say it was it was emotional because Cause you thought I was dying yeah because everybody at thought point, I was dying at, you know because at at that point I thought that this may be it mm-hmm. and what am I going to do um and, and that's we've had and, a few of those 
And uh, it's the hardest thing to, I mean, like, to really, to try to convey yourself that, you know, your wife is going to die, regard, you know, eventually. And one of these days it's going to happen and you're going to have to prepare yourself for that day to come. Mm -hmm. You know, but before that day comes, you have to live like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's forever. Like this, like it's forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, um, it is, it, it changes your perspective on things and stuff. And, uh, and you try to prepare yourself for what are you going to do for the future, you know, without your partner. Right. It's um, like you have to not, live into I realities mean, almost. I mean, you know. I mean, it wasn't like I was thinking like, oh, well, my wife is going to die. Well, I'm going to go on to the next person or anything like that. I just couldn't see myself dealing with any other person except I to, you. I used you to know. pick with him all the time about what his next, uh, his next, next wife, wife got to be, be like. And stuff. You know, and, and, I, and, and then I sit there and I'll be like, no, nah, man, don't be playing around with me like that, man. You know, you know, so. But she better be nice. <laughs> don't be checking up on her. <laughs> With checking out her beyond from the dead, right. like, Ooh. <laughs> never be like, nah, that's just my wife. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not she probably, she, she, she probably divorced me right after that. You, just, if I say, yeah, that's my wife. She'd be like, what? Well, if she ain't good for you, then good. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like the the remember drumline and the the line was uh, sitting up in the car and they would beep the horn. Oh and yeah, flash for, the lights. Oh like oh like uh, right to, for to say what first, line? Yeah, first line, second right. line. Yeah, uh, that's how I would be. <laughs> it's like when you date, you can sit in the restaurant with it. I'd be like flickering the lights in the place. <laughs> Nah, nah, homie. One for yes, two for no. <laughs> She'd be like, "What's wrong with those lights?" I'd be like, "None, none." none. <laughs> Don't worry about Don't that. Don't worry about that. National Grid said, "You know." <laughs> National See, this is how this is how me and Marvin joke all the time, and I and I swear. <laughs> You know, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. I could be hurting, like Lord knows what, and me and him are still laughing about something silly. Like, I wish we could actually say some of the crazy stuff we <laughs> we say when we alone. Boom. It don't make no sense. But um, that that is just having somebody to laugh with mm-hmm. and walk through this with has made it so much easier and made it bearable. You know what I mean? That was, you know, and th- that was one of the big things that uh, that dealing with that situation. It was it was really hard. I mean, it was just even to the point though that. Um, you know, at my job, I, I was dealing with, you know, because I was working night shift and I wasn't getting enough sleep and, yeah, you know, it, sitting up at the hospital with me all day, yeah, and, all then day going to work. and then going to work and, um, it, and it was it really, really took effect, a toll on affecting me on my job and stuff, you know, because, you know. I'm just, th- you know, and I'm thinking of like, you know, there has to be a way of and taking you know, care of Joy. Yeah, and, right. and and taking care of my daughter, and and uh, it, it was it was a roller coaster. That was a roller coaster moment, mm. you know. It's been roller coaster years. Yeah, and um, 
and, <clears throat> and but then even after that moment, I you know, and I never thought that you were ever going to get a kidney. I mean, I was I was praying and I was hoping that a kidney. Yeah, would Yeah, that's not what he was. He's like, oh, it could come any day. You never know, babe. You know, because I was yeah. just I was well, done. Well, well, here's the thing. You know, you get to be you get to be um you know you know supportive and and very enthusiastic because you're like yo a kidney's gonna come you know and you start you know avoiding you know like yo i'm not gonna listen to anything out there right so a kidney is getting ready to come and then once you get to like year five and six well not only that but you know, the doctors weren't even optimistic yeah. because what had happened is i had had so many surgeries over the years and i have both a ble- uh, a bleeding and a clotting but issue still, so when but, um when it got down to it which with each bag of blood you get you get somebody else's antibodies and the more antibodies you get the harder it is to find you a match for a kidney or anything else but even but and, it, and we got to the point where um, the last time I was in the hospital and I needed blood, it took them a day and a half to find find, a bag of blood. The hospital had to send out to get blood for me because it was that hard to find me a match. So at that point, if you can't even find me a bag of blood, how are you going to find me a kidney? Yeah, but even even for the fact that, you know, with that, I was still optimistic. I think it was the year before you got the kidney. I started wearing down and mm-hmm. start, and I started feeling like maybe this kidney is not coming. Because that's when, when it really kind of hit that okay, I've got too many antibodies. Yeah. And then my fistula started getting really superficial. Um, fistula is for dialysis. That's where they stick the needles at to run the blood, the blood through the machine. Yeah. And. Um, you have dialysis every other day, so my arm wasn't healing properly, and um, the uh, the fistula got really superficial. Mm. And when it gets really superficial, it can it can rupture. Yeah. And so you're talking about sleeping with gauze and and a tourniquet next to your bed because you don't know what can happen. You can roll over the wrong way, and that's that. Mm. You know, if you don't get to the hospital quick enough, you're gone. Yeah. You know. Um, so the, uh, hope, <laughs> the hope, <clears throat> yeah, that kind of, yeah, I mean, got, the hope, it got worn away, I think the last year. Mm-hmm. And then when you, then when you went into the hospital, the very last time, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like, I think I think at that at that moment I was like, eh, this is going to be a continuing moment of you constantly going to the hospital here and there. And then we get you out of the hospital, and all I wanted to do was just go to bed, go to sleep, and then just wake up in the morning fresh and just mm-hmm. you know get the you know just go back to our regular routine. And this, and this is the day before. This is like September first of twenty eighteen, and then right because Friday, Friday I had posted. Yep. Um, I had a nurse ask me um, how I could continue to smile and laugh when it was so much going on with me physically, and mm-hmm. I was going through so much. And I proceeded to tell her how blessed I felt. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, with uh, you and. 
um, just the time. Like, I only asked God to allow me to see my daughter graduate high school, and mm -hmm. she's a sophomore in college now. I'm very proud of her. Mm -hmm. And um, being able to work with the kids over the summer and just, you know, still being here and being able to, to love all my friends and family. And, and, you know, I've really enjoyed beyond what I thought I would have mm -hmm. my life, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, when I got diagnosed, I was... I'm like, this is going to be the most miserable thing. I just need to bear through it. And instead, I got to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm very thankful. I thank God every day for that. You know, so um, I was telling her that. And then I decided to post it to Facebook. Mm -hmm. So that was Friday. Then Saturday the 1st, I got released from the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday... 8.15 a.m. And that's when we got the call. And that call... Oh, my gosh. It... <laughs> You know, I, I you know we get the we get this call early, early in the morning, and I'm just tired. And so she gets the call from Strong Memorial in Rochester, and that's where uh, her transplant team is. And uh, so she gets the call, and I'm thinking like, uh, this is another automated system where Rochester's saying you got another appointment with them, and. But it was Sunday, Sunday, so I was confused. But I, I was, saw that number, and, and, and the thing is, you get excited every time you see a 585 number, because that's the area code for Rochester. Right. Yeah. And so you get excited, and then you pick up the phone, and it's an automated message. You have an appointment coming up, or, yeah. you know, it's just somebody to check and see whether you got your medications, or it's something. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, bye. You know? <laughs> right. but, then, but then we get the call, but then we get the call, and there's a kidney. <clears throat> so, she, so she wakes me up, and she's like, guess what? And I'm like, what is it? You know, because no, you like, looked up at me. You asked me who was no, 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 no. Because I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm talking and I'm like, uh huh. Yeah, because and, but, it, but it's I like didn't see the look on my face. face. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, but I I knew it was Rochester, but I'm like, well, what is it? What is what's going on? And then that's when I we got the word that you got the kidney. Mm -hmm. So gosh, I mean, and like, and I'm like excited because it's like I couldn't believe that. Just one minute, I'm like, I just want to go home, go to sleep, and, you know, we're just going to have to do this routine all over again. And this happens where you get a kidney, and I'm, you know, it just out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was, at, at a point, I was getting ready to lose all hope about it. I truly believe this. God knows how much you can bear. He has his own timing, mm -hmm. and everything has a purpose under the sun. Mm -hmm. I made that post on Friday, yeah. and in that post, I was giving God thanks for all the wonderful things in my life, and when the praises go up, the blessings Blessing come down. Now. Saturday, I get out of the hospital, and let me tell you how crazy this is. She said, when she called me at 815, there were three people who could have gotten this kidney, okay? Mm-hmm. There were two people ahead of me. This is the first time I had any clue where I was on the transplant list. There were two people in front of me. If those two people could get it, then I wasn't going to get a kidney that day. But she said, I believe it's going to be a good day, so sit tight. And she was right. Now, they didn't have to do any testing on me. The other two people, they had to do testing, etc. Yeah. I had just gotten out of the hospital. So all my blood work, stress tests, they did all kinds of testing on me, trying to figure out what happened that brought me to the hospital. I mean, my blood pressure was sky high. I had this burning in my 
face, I thought I was dying because I'm like, I've never <laughs> felt anything like that before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I left, it was like, oh, maybe your potassium was high. <laughs> it's right. like, wait, what? After a week of being in the hospital, that that's it? You know, right. so you go home, and, but I'm used to that misdiagnosis or, oh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And then you end up in ICU. You know right. what I mean? Right. So um, <clears throat> I just thought it was going to be another one of those ordeals, you know, where they're going to find something else wrong down the road after it's too late to fix it. And now I'm on another medication, you know, mm-hmm. but Oops. it was God worked everything out. All of my labs, everything is done already. So it's just a matter of whether these two people can get the kidney or not. Yeah. You know? Um, because, like, the transplant list is funny. Like, if I, um, if I have a flare of lupus, it's like they put you on timeout. You know? They take you off the list until they have proof that you're yeah. um, in remission. Like remission, yeah. You know? And then you go back on the, You don't lose time. But you can't, if a kidney comes up with it and you're a match for it, you can't get it while you're, you're in a flare of lupus, you know? <clears throat> so I would imagine it's like that for other things like that, you know? Right. Um, which I thought was, it's like telling me you're too sick to get a kidney. And I'm like, I thought I was getting a kidney because I was sick. Right. <laughs> right. You know, but those, those are the rules. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, eight years, eight years I was waiting yeah, for a kidney. That's really... Um, very interesting story you don't uh, not the normal I'm not gonna say normal the average relationship and I guess the way in which it goes uh, it's very inspiring if you are like I would say for other relationships and couples mm-hmm. that if you're going through something that <coughs> should, should realize to get over the differences immediately so that you can move forward um, I actually got a couple questions for you guys um, mm-hmm. based on this um, I'll start with you Marv okay um when when was the time when you realized this was a serious issue and did you ever get discouraged well yeah uh um i really knew that uh well the lupus uh i really knew it was pretty serious maybe uh we were like two years into dating mm-hmm and then just before we got married that's when i know things got really serious mm-hmm. you know when she started when she had to go to dialysis um and yes uh there there're going to be times where you're definitely going to be discouraged um i mean like just because <laughs> just because i made it through this with through you know through this situation with Jeanette doesn't mean that you know, oh, I must be the strongest man on earth. I was, I mean, there's been times, I mean, there was times where you sit back in yourself, you know, and it's like, I love this woman, but how in the world I'm going to do this? Right. You know? And, and there, and, you know, like I said, the devil will, will creep some thoughts in your mind. Oh, you, absolutely. You know, I mean, keeps the thoughts in your mind like maybe this is, wasn't worth it, or maybe this is you. Maybe you're out of your lane, out of your element, wow. and stuff. Right. Out of your league of this stuff, you know. That actually, I'm and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, like thoughts of like that came in my head, you know, and uh, 
um, I mean, I had to, I had to sit down and I, I mean, like in, and I never, I don't do this in front of Johnette and everything because I'm not saying that, you know, he's always trying to be Superman, you know, <laughs> but, um, I would keep my, uh, I would, I would have a time where if I'm really, if I'm really like in distress or if I really, you know, like, um, I'm feeling, you know, I want to say, I don't want to say out of my element, but if I'm feeling like I really need someone to talk to and I, you know, like, I mean, I would go and talk to God, but you know, if this would be something that I would go, you know, do away from her and everything because right. I just need to, I just need to figure myself out right. and stuff because I don't want it to be in, in a, in a, in a point where, you know, I'm, I'm making her discouraged because I feel discouraged, even right. though I want, even though I, even though I should, you know, you know, want to know, tell her how I feel and everything. My biggest thing was she already has enough on her plate. Right. I need to figure this something, this portion out for myself. Right. That's really good. I had a question for you Go too. Ahead. Um, did you ever want to push Marvin away when time seemed too bad post wedding? Um, post wedding, no, because he was, you know, um, he was really a rock for me, um, and. I wanted to spend as much time as I had to spend with him, mm -hmm. with him. Um, yeah, it hurt to see him hurt, watching me hurt. Um, but even if I tried to push him away, he wasn't going to go anywhere. He's proven that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. the thing was really to try to just love each other through it. Yeah. You know, um, and sometimes I would try to be as strong as I could be. But then you get to a point where it's just, you know, right. you're, you're done, right. you know. Um, but it, it was really hard watching him hurt, watching me hurt, right? you know, and, and really feeling helpless in that situation because you can't make it better for him because right. you can't even make it better for yourself, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and same thing with, um, with Joy, you know, um, with him talking about having to go... Uh, go away from me to, to show those emotions <clears throat> one thing that that I found out in in writing the book that 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 we're writing now is that my daughter did the same thing she didn't feel like she could show me how upset she was mm -hmm. yeah. because she figured well you're the sick one so I can't put this on your plate I can't complain about not being able to go out and do this and do that because you're sick right. you know what I mean because she felt like she would be hurting me um, and so if I can suggest anything um, to families going through something similar is to talk. Yeah, right. Um, and especially um, to your kids because your kids are going through, you, you know, nobody is sick in a vacuum. Right. You know, so your kids are going through as well and they need a vent you know, they need to be able to vent what they're feeling and, and, and going through. And they need to know that it's okay to be frustrated and hurt and angry, <clears throat> you know. And they can talk to you about those things. And I don't feel like I saw her enough. Gotcha. You know, or mm -hmm. what she was going through enough. 
because she learned how to put on a show from mommy, you know, mm. and make everybody believe everything is all good. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I could see Marvin was going through, but Marvin is really goes into Superman mode where he can't, <clears throat> you yeah. know, he won't voice that. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so um, um, I, I would encourage people to really talk yeah. those things out. That's really good. Yeah. I have um, two more questions for you guys. Yeah. Try to make them quick because I want to hear get to the love poetry corner. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm going to go back to you, Mark. Where did you find the strength to consistently push through with loving care and to perpetually bring joy to the situation? Because <laughs> he's goofy. Be <laughs> goofy. That's, that's what it is. Um, Y'all should do, see his goofy dancing. Um... <laughs> Um, I think I've, I think I, uh, you know, and I'm going to tell you a personal story. It's, it'll be a quick story mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I think, uh, one of my, one, one of, one of the strengths that I got this from was, uh, not only from God, but from my parents because, um, for years I've seen my parents love each other through thick and thin, no matter what the situation is. And, um, um. I think God and just my parents showing that family unity is, you know, you know what it means to be family, you, you know, mm-hmm. be, be together as a family. I think that was one of my strengths. And and then just being around Janet, you know, I was like, you know, Janet is kind of like my, you know, it's kind of like my, my co-pilot, my battle buddy, you know, through life and everything like that. And you just don't leave your battle buddy, right. you know, I, down on the ground and stuff and everything. It's the Air then, Force talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foundation, you know. And then, you know, and then also, you know, but even at times there was another conversation that like me and my dad had. Um, it was one of the times she was going through the hospital, and you know, she had that idea of, look, I'm just going to check out and everything like that. And my dad came up to me and told me that, you know. That he was proud of me there for for sticking around because you know he was kind of uh you know he did you know he was like he was the strongest but he told me that I was a strong person because um i he just never knew that you know I had that in me just to stick to stick around you, you are know, a strong you know, person so yeah, um, <laughs> you know so a lot dad. of strength <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot a lot a lot of strength it takes it takes strength to watch somebody that you love go through something like that. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've been through ICUs, yeah. you know, ERs, yeah. <laughs> hospital rooms. How many hospital rooms Marvin has slept in right. <laughs> yeah. next to me? You know, um, just surgery after surgery. It's just it's been it's been a roller coaster. Right. And yeah. he's been steady and solid all the way through. So nice. that's, I couldn't have asked for a better husband, you right. know. Um, but, yeah, definitely, you know, holding on to each other, loving each other through it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and not letting the issue consume the relationship. Yeah. Right. I think that's the biggest that's thing. That's tough, though. It, yeah. it, it really is. Because when I wake up, I'm still in it. Right. You know what I mean? When I fall asleep, I'm mm. still in it, especially if I'm not feeling well. But you have to learn to kind of push that aside and still be in the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
Um, the other thing I thank God for, because um, I have tons of scars from both the lupus and the surgeries. Mm -hmm. And for a while, I lost the ability to feel like a woman. I mean, literally, <clears throat> feel like a woman. Any woman who's gone through something physically that changes them, um, changes their appearance, the, we, we go through that thing where you look in the mirror and it's like, what happened to me? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, <clears throat> and we went through a physical thing yeah. where I couldn't, I couldn't be what a woman should be to a man. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to have a hysterectomy, a, a whole bunch of different things happened. You know, where physically I was kaput. And not once did he waver, you know, <clears throat> and not once did he make me feel less than a woman. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. And for this man to still look at me the same way he looked at me before all of that. Right. I, I'm, I can't tell you how blessed I feel in that alone. Right. You know? But well, I got one more question. Okay. This, was, this, and this is good, though. No, okay. no, because I do want to get to the Love Poetry Corner. Um, this, you can just make this a yes or no, but I'm, I'm going to throw the topic question back at you. Do you think you could honestly meet someone chronically or non-curable disease, fall in love with them, marry them, and take good care of them? Um, I think I could, mm -hmm. yes, because I'm a nurturer by nature. Um almost to a fault and I used to tell Marvin he you know he's like that to a fault like he'll take care of somebody else before he takes care of himself right. you know what I'm saying like I have to make him go to bed sometimes right. I have to make him eat sometimes it's right. like okay I'm fine can you please go go to sleep because you have to get up and go to work in the morning you know what I mean yeah, should, so yeah. Um, but yeah I think I could because I'm a nurturer by nature and my heart would just um, would just go out to, to that person you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and especially if you're in love with that person, how could you not take care of them? Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm really big on doing to others as you would have them doing to you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, if I would always think if I was sick or if my child was sick, I would want my child to find a man that would love her through that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, I, I think I I think I could meet somebody and just be like, "Yep, I got you. You're sick. Don't mm -hmm. worry about it." Yeah. No, I that's mean, no, that's amazing. That's a good question. That's that yeah, should be one of I think the questions. That's a deep one. Because you know, yeah. no, you know. you really have to know yourself in order to answer exactly. that question. Right. That's you know what true. I mean? Um, and it's not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, he's been in the the emergency room when doctors have had to do stuff to right. me, right. and him and Joy are standing there like, oh my God, right, like right, right. you know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that is not an easy situation to be in. That's mm -hmm. good. But uh, right now, I'm going to go to the love corner. Yes. And listen, my birthday, the reason why we did this episode is my birthday is Wednesday. And it yep. is my first, first birthday kid, with the with new kidney. kidney. You know, so technically it's my kidney's first birthday. <laughs> you know, so uh, we're celebrating on Friday at 6 p.m. at our studio at the TriMain Building, 2495 Main Street. Um, and I am raising money for my book that tells this story. Wonderful. Okay. Excellent. So come on out and celebrate with us but right now i'm gonna hit up this poetry corner real quick and then title is the same title as the podcast it's called love never let me go <clears throat> you know love's funny sometimes it can be the worst i mean sorry it can be the most wonderful thing in the world 
or it can be the death of you. That thin line is no joke. It can be like your high or your hangover. It can hurt so bad sometimes. Well, a lot of times. But when I was at the end of my rope, when I didn't want to breathe anymore, so badly that I wanted to snatch my own breath, it was love that wouldn't let me go. Wow. <laughs> I can't even count on my fingers the number of times I've cursed my heart for being so gullible, so willing, so forgiving, always wanting to take care of or save someone in the end to get walked on or thrown out like trash. But when I needed it the most, I reaped the type of love that I sowed, and I'm still here because love wouldn't let me go. When I was homeless, didn't know how I was going to eat, no family around, and with child, somehow, some way, God always provided for me. I never went without. I was too proud to ask, but through strangers, he reached out his hand. And there is no doubt that it was his love that sustained me in the end. When I, when I laid in the hospital bed alone, though married, to have a child that I didn't make alone, and as I hemorrhaged, the blood flowing like a river from my body after the fact, I welcomed death. Bring it on. I did it the, in the right order, the right way. And where's my husband today? Death was my death was my friend until I remembered hearing my newborns cry and love once again gave me the will to fight it was love that wouldn't let me go accident after accident knowing that I should have been dead head on no breaking bright lights no doubt no wondering prepared but all around me all over me, all in me, his mercy, his protection, his grace, his love never let me go. And now in the newest chapter of my life, a new love that, that beside, <clears throat> beside me gave me, the willing, gave me the will to fight, holding my hand, holding me up side by side through ERs, ICUs, surgeries, dialysis, and the like. He never stopped believing even when I stopped wanting to fight and together we survived in love, our love wouldn't let me go. Time and time again, so close to the edge, God's love, Joy's love, and my husband's love would not let me go. Wonderful. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, so we got to get going. Yes, everybody. But, but happy birthday, baby. Thank happy you. birthday. Happy first happy birthday to the kidney. <laughs> Shout out to the kidney. Joy named them uh, Kit the Kidney. <laughs> <laughs> but thank y'all for tuning in. Again, hit us up on uh, download us iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, yep. or our website www.mrandmrspodcast.com. We love y'all. Have a blessed everything. Yes. Blessed week. Blessed week. That's all for today. Yes, all you lovers in the land. You got a topic that you want us to discuss? Send us an email at Mr. and Mrs. Podcast at gmail.com. That's M-R-N-M-R-S Podcast at Gmail. Or just hit us up on Twitter at Mr. and Mrs. Podcast. 
You can also check us out online at www.mrandmrspodcast.com. Or just swing by our Facebook page. And finally, call 1-800-583-8605, extension 260, and leave us a voicemail. Maybe you'll hear your voicemail and us discuss your topic on our podcast. Until next time. Much love and many blessings.